0: soundly so right now our listeners get 30% off headspace's entire library of meditations just go to headspace.com sleeppod for 30% off your subscription but only until may 12th this is the best deal offered right now head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today this is a smart passive income podcast with pat flynn session number 24 booyah
1: Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later.
0: And now your host, he's still afraid of spiders, <laughs> Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Pat Flynn, and welcome to the 24th session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I am super stoked today because I actually have three interviews for you in this one session. A three for one deal for you today. And I can't wait to share these stories because they're going to inspire you. I promise. They're going to get you fired up to get stuff done. And they're going to show you that you can be successful online without having to talk about or build a business about or blog about making money online or blogging itself. Because I'm in this industry, I'm in the make money online niche, the online business industry, and I get a ton of people who tell me that the only way to really make money online is to talk about making money online. And that's not the case, I mean, you could do that. It's not easy, it's a very crowded niche now, super competitive, and honestly, there's a ton more people out there who are succeeding online in different industries, earning a passive income, living exactly how they want to live because of their online businesses outside of this make money online industry. They just they just don't have the platform to talk about their successes or they just don't want to. I mean, why would they need to? They, they have no reason to, so we don't hear about it. We always hear about the people who are making money online from their own make money online uh, blogs such as mine. That's what everyone hears, so people think that that's the only way to do it. It's definitely not, and that's why I'm sharing these stories with you today. Actually, in this session, I have three. In the next session, I'm actually going to be doing three more. So it's a total of six success stories in the next two podcasts from people outside of the Make Money Online industry who do things they love and enjoy for a living. You'll get to hear about how they got to this point, their struggles, their strategies, stories, tips. It's, it's, just, it's just awesome, awesome content. I actually listened to a few of them a couple of times over and over again because they were just super crazy, unbelievably inspiring. So without any more fluff, uh, let's get right to it. This first interview is with Keith Snow, and I'll let him tell you who he is and what his business is, uh, and just understand that these are all previously recorded interviews. They're going to go back to back to back. Session 25, which is the next one, we will go back to back to back as well. So enjoy, be inspired, sit back, relax, listen. You don't have to take any notes. Just just know that you can do it just like these guys do. All right, everybody, I'm happy to have Keith Snow on the show for us. Keith, how's it going today?
1: Going really great, Pat. What about you?
0: (laughs) It's going really well. Thank you uh, for asking. Now, I'm curious, what do you do online. First of all, what's the name of your business, uh, your URL, and then what is it that your business does?
1: Sure. Well, uh, I've had a business online now since about 2005. It's called Harvest Eating, and that's the domain, harvesteating.com. And what we do is um, teach people how to cook with local and seasonal foods. And uh, we started very basic years and years ago just by putting up text recipes. And then, when video started to to come out in 2006, we started putting up videos, and and the site really started to take off at that point. And this was during the uh, low carb revolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, back then, talking about this was like 2004, 2005, talking about you know local food and seasonal cooking. You know, no one really wanted to hear it. They just wanted to see if it was low carb and and uh, you know eat bacon and sausage and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So as it kind of uh, grew. Um, you know, I'm sure you're aware of the movement in local foods. People want to buy local, and oh, yeah. and uh, you know that that's really helped me out. I've been kind of in front of that trend, and uh, unlike a lot of other chefs that are sort of entertainment based, um, I've stuck with the local foods, and I've developed a pretty good reputation as you know sort of the go-to guy online for um, you know cooking videos, and we've got a pretty busy YouTube channel, and um, right. that's basically how it all started. It's, it's been a fun ride.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds awesome. It's a very unique kind of niche that I never even thought about. Local and seasonal seasonal foods. And you said you had recipes, text recipes, now videos. Now, how is it that you're you're making money? Because there's a lot of obviously recipes and videos that people get online. How is this a How is this a business for you?
1: You know, that's a great question, and I think this is one of the areas you know that your listeners you know, should definitely pay attention to because a lot of people get into the 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 space whether it be you know a podcast or a blog or whatever and mm-hmm. you know they want to make money right away but as you know it, it's uh it's really a lot of hard work and you know I always tell people I should have quit a long time ago because uh, I was kind of pig-headed and I wanted to succeed and I just worked and worked and worked and and what we did was um out a lot of content and my theory was let's let's put out a lot of content let's develop the tools and the resources for people and then you know we'll figure out how to make money later and we've done uh, all the, the the similar things that people do like we've tried Google AdWords and we're a subscription based website so oh, okay. um, we've, we've used Google ads to get people to subscribe and then we've done lots of uh, content advertising deals and I mean we have get we get probably two or three uh, joint venture requests a week in, um, you know, companies that want to take our videos and run ads against them. And mm-hmm. and that's a tough game because you really need to have millions and millions and millions of page views right. to make it in a CPM uh, type of an advertising system. So we tried those and, you know, some money trickled in. Um, and then we, we kind of always uh, got away from that. And. We started doing a little bit of e-commerce, and like I said, the subscriptions. And what really, uh, really did it for us was the, we had so many videos online. I mean, I think I was looking the other day. I've got like, I don't know, like 5,000 backlinks to my site, mm-hmm. and that's because i put out uh, over 300 videos, and they're on YouTube, they're on Blip, they're they're all over the internet, and, and the people see the food. And it looks good, you know we we do pretty high quality videos, so when people see the food then then they want the recipe and as a chef, I never quite understood why the recipe was so so important. You know, I always mm-hmm. thought, heck, you can see them you can see me make it. What do you need the recipe for? but you know that that's really not the case, and the layperson wants that recipe. so what we did uh, basically last year is we decided to put the recipes uh, behind the members' wall. And you know my partners at the time said well no one's gonna pay for your recipes because just like you said a minute ago there's free recipe sites all over the place right but um you know as you know creating content it, it takes a lot of time and you know when there's video involved it costs a lot of money when you're having editors and we do a two-camera shoot and all that so giving everything away wasn't possible and my thought was you know what let's give them the videos we'll put the recipe behind the wall and you know what, they can't get my recipes anywhere because these are these are my recipes, they're copyrighted, and the only place you can get them is either the Harvest Eating Cookbook, which you can buy in any you know bookstore, or on my website. And what I saw was just tremendous uh, willingness from the public to subscribe, to have access to my recipes, because they're just a little bit different than everyone else's. They're easier to make, um, they're more down-to-earth, there's not a ton of chefy flair to them Mm -hmm. i don't wear the white chef's coat so people immediately identify with me and you know i'm told over and over that that i have kind of an approachable style and this wasn't anything i set out to do it's just the way it worked out but that's really um the number one way we make it is is uh with subscriptions and then we do have um products that we sell in our store we've got a line of um Pasta sauce is called Thoughtful Harvest, and those are a little different in the fact that I source all the ingredients from small U.S. farmers. We don't import anything. Uh, we make it in small batches, and then we have organic uh, spice blends. Um, we're coming out with some olive oil and uh, things like that, and you know, combination of the e-commerce and the subscriptions, and then we do make money on YouTube, and that's been pretty profitable for us because I've had a, a YouTube partner channel um, since... I was like one of the first ones that had one. They had, they came to me and invited me into the program. Mm-hmm. So YouTube awesome. and Google, they send us a a nice regular check every month. But those are basically the ways that we do it, and um, it's it's enabled us to see you know multiple income streams. And you know, as we talk, I'm going to tell you in a few minutes about some of the other ones.
0: Yeah, no, this sounds fantastic. So let me, so just to get things straight, you know, you have your website uh, harvesteating.com. People can go on YouTube or on your website and just find a whole bunch of free content, the videos of all the different foods that you create. Uh, And these are videos of of you, right, actually creating this food on on camera. Is that right? Right. And then then you kind of offer, after they see the videos and see the different kinds of foods, then you offer them the recipe uh, behind a membership site that people will pay a monthly are they paying monthly to have access to that or is that Yeah, a- well, we
1: offer three plans. We offer a monthly, uh an annual, and then we we just recently added what's called a lifetime plan. So for uh, I think it's $199, they have access for life. And what we've done recently, I don't think a lot of other subscription sites do, is about starting in January, we uh we now offer uh, a mix of products that go with the subscription. So instead of just subscribing, you get instant access when you subscribe and then a few days later a box shows up on your porch and it's got our organic spice rugs, it's got a couple jars of That's my really pasta cool. sauces, t-shirts and it you know it gives somebody uh, something tangible in their hands and it kind of it lets them know that this is a real brand it's not just you know a blog I mean it's actual uh, some, some business going on here.
0: Yeah I love that idea and you're obviously very smart and that is something that, you know, I don't have my own membership website yet, but I've said this in podcasts before that if I did, I'd want to do something special for each and every single person that subscribes uh, or, or pays for a membership. I mean, that's really, really smart. And I think it's a great way to make sure that people who do become a member stay a member because one of the problems that a lot of internet marketers have, uh, or people doing business online have, is once they get people into their program. They have a hard time keeping them there for a very long time. I think three months is kind of the usual uh, time frame for a person to be in a membership website across the board. But, uh, you know, uh, it sounds like you'd have people on for a lot longer.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And um, one of the things that I found recently, and and you do a very good job of this as well, is um, you're engaging with your customers. And when I started engaging with the people that that contact me whether it be through email or on facebook or in the forums of the website i mean sometimes even by phone i'll call people um those people become you know like rabid fans and they become extremely supportive of the website Mm -hmm. so when you engage with them and they feel like i mean where else can you go on the internet see a great recipe and a video and buy a cookbook and then you can interact with the chef and the author you know, just about any time on Facebook, it really, it doesn't exist. And that creates people that, you know, maybe they don't want to, um, stay, stay subscribed because they can't afford it, but I just don't think they want to let me down. So we have very, very little drop off. And, you know, another thing that I offer is, um, anybody that wants a membership, if they can afford it, great. If they can't afford it, I've never turned anyone down. And, you know, I give away hundreds of Uh, free memberships a year to people. And what I do is I make them email me and just, you know, give me a short explanation. And I'm happy to, you know, I've got some 86-year-old women that are on Social Security and things Mm -hmm. like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, by engaging and being real, it really helps with the, uh, you know, drop-off or the attrition.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great idea, too. Like, I haven't even thought of that. Uh, people who who can't afford it, but who would probably be so touched by your generosity that they would do everything they can to go out there and repay you somehow,
1: yeah, I even had a couple of people recently that they wanted you know they wanted to have the membership and they also wanted to have the box of goodies. and you know they said something like, uh, you know when i when I get my next paycheck or I'm waiting on a little bit of money, I really want to join, and you know i'll I'll reach out to them. And say just send me your email address and I create the account ship the products to them and I've never been burned people have always um, done what they've said and you know it's just really it's touching to see after this many years because we never really had uh, honestly Pat I had a couple of um, partners that that I was working with for a while and and I was letting them sort of steer the way we operated and and they were doing and suggesting some really critical uh, errors. And one of them was that Harvest Eating, the brand, that was the brand, and, and it wasn't Keith Snow, the chef, and that, you know, they didn't want my picture on the site. It was mm-hmm. just they wanted to build something that if I died could go on without me. So we weren't engaging with people, and we weren't having it very personal. Um, and, and then again, like I said, they didn't want They didn't think anyone would pay for my recipe, so they never really... Uh, and I control the company, but I didn't want to, you know, basically tell my partners, oh the hell with you." This is what we're doing. So for a number of years, we didn't operate like that. But uh, when I bought the shares back and started, you know, kind of doing everything on my own, uh, I started engaging with the people and, and doing things the way I thought uh, were better. And, and um, you know, my gut feelings were definitely right on.
0: Yeah, I mean, who's laughing now, right?
1: Right. Uh, this is, I mean,
0: this is such a great. Uh, story. I, now, I have a couple follow up questions based on on your particular business, and I know there are a lot of people out there who, you know, they have their own recipes and 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 they would love to create something like a food type of item to sell on online. But there there are some regulations as far as food, right? That can be sold online. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, about fifteen years ago, I had a line of food products. I took a break. I've been a chef for twenty five years and worked in kitchens all over the country. Um, and then I took a break from the kitchen in 1991, and for about six years I marketed a line of uh, food products. And back then, it was so much easier. And, and uh, I only—I launched my new line of stuff, the Thoughtful Harvest pasta sauces. I think it was about September of 2010, and it took about six months to jump through the the FDA hoops because they want to—they um, want to see your your formula. They've never. Cared about that in the past but they want to see your formula they want to see the exact procedures that are used to make it of course there's testing for um, bacteria and Mm -hmm. shelf stable and all that kind of stuff and they want to see everything you're doing and then you have to get what's called a process authority letter and that's the FDA giving the food packers because I use an independent packer to make my products it's giving them the permission to proceed, and without that letter, they can't legally make it. So there are a lot of regulations, and, and this is why uh, a lot of smaller companies never get off the ground because you've got to have the, you know, the determination to put up with six months of bureaucratic <laughs> garbage.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say it sounds like it's, it's not exactly the easiest thing to do up uh, front, but let me ask you, has it been worth it?
1: Yeah, it, it definitely has. The products are, are uh, successful and, you know, the reorder rate is just crazy. I mean, so many people that try. I mean, my, my marketing plan was I'm going to, you know, make a an initial bash. I'm going to give every single jar of it away. And then if I wind up with customers after that, then I know I have a good product. If I don't, then either I go back to the drawing board or forget about it. And uh, that's what I did. And man, it, We were getting something like 90%, 95% of the people that that got a jar um, reordered. And we've got customers that that order every month or every couple months. And, um, you know, it's been profitable. And I sell them direct to the public, so I get a good margin for them. And, you know, it's definitely a specialty item because, like I said, we don't import anything. And most of the, you know, in the pasta sauce business, most of the companies are importing their garlic from China, their onions from Peru. And it's kind of a global product. And, yeah. you know, if you look at my brand, I'm all about local foods. It would be somewhat hypocritical for me to be importing, you know, cheese from Italy when we've got perfectly good cheese makers here in the United States and in Wisconsin. And, you know, same thing with tomatoes. I can get them from California or I can, I can ship them across the ocean from Italy, but I source everything locally. And then on our website, thoughtfulharvest.com, you can actually see the places that supply the ingredients. So there's complete traceability in everything that's on the ingredient panel. And and nowadays people, you know, they have no idea what's in their food. And, And part of my mission is to give people back Uh, the control to see, okay, these tomatoes were grown on Red Rock Ranch in California. This olive oil was grown, harvested, and pressed in Lodi, California, by this company, this family. And that's kind of how I've done that product. So I do have to get a premium for it because it's much more expensive than a traditional product. I mean, I remember the the, uh, production partner, they were like, are you sure you want to use this olive oil? Because my olive oil, you know, at a wholesale bulk price, is like 35 bucks a gallon. They're like, we got oil here from, you know, Timbuktu, it's $2 a gallon. you sure you don't want to use that? I'm like, no, don't want to use that. So oh. it's, uh, you know, you've got to have, you gotta have pretty, pretty strong ethics to, yeah. to do a product like that.
0: It, it sounds like it. Now, I'm very curious about your subscription model for your recipes. How, about how many people would you say are uh, in that membership right now?
1: Oh, boy. You know what, my uh I do have uh, my brother's in the business with me. Okay. He asks he asks me that all the time. And, <laughs> you know, I
0: don't I don't track it that closely, but let's just say it's uh Maybe a ballpark. It's uh it's over a thousand. Over a thousand, wow. And you have Lifetime membership for 199. What are some of the other subscription-based models? Uh, subscription? Yeah, then we
1: do a uh, an annual. I think the annual is 79, dollars and that that comes with products too, but just a little a little less. Uh-huh. And then we offer a monthly plan. And even for the monthly plan, you know, somebody plops down. I think it's 7.99 a month. They're going to get a, uh, a little package from me. And they're going to get a full-size bag of our organic spices. They'll get a bumper sticker and. A refrigerator magnet and business card and stuff like that so I try to touch every every subscriber
0: that's great I love that I love that so what has been the best part about doing business online uh, like you are for you Uh, besides the business obviously taking off and doing well and uh, staying strong and true to your ethics about food and uh, what what has been the best part about doing business online for you
1: well I guess you know my last job I was I was uh, the executive chef of a ski resort a big ski resort in the mountains of Colorado and uh I had I think over four hundred people that were in my department. I had twelve chefs that reported to me directly. It was close to ten million dollars in wow. food and beverage and You'd think I had twelve restaurants you'd think with all that food around me that i would you know that I would be doing a lot of food. but the flip side was I was just a paperwork chef and a mm-hmm. you know a marketing guy and a guy that got interviewed by the local newspapers. But I never cooked so when I left that. Uh, and I came home, you've got a child, being able to spend a lot of time with my family has been super rewarding. But then being able to go into a niche and, and you know, lay down a line in the sand and say, you know what, I'm all about local and seasonal cooking. This is the style that I like. I, I like to teach people to cook with the seasons. And being able to do it online has given me the opportunity to reach I mean we've got over 25,000 members of the website a lot of them are are free members and we've got people that are uh, on our newsletter list from 140 countries so it's really enabled me to, to, to get the word out and then you know the whole passive income side after a lot of years of struggle and definitely a lot of financial investment and a massive time investment now I'm seeing You know, the recurring income subscriptions are great because they, you know, every day there's uh, money that's being deposited into our accounts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I go on vacation and I'm still earning my salary. It doesn't really matter if I work or not. I mean, I do still bust out a lot of work, but I can take. As a matter of fact, I just got back. I was gone in Europe from July 2nd until the 17th. With my stove sponsor, I I uh, I cook on a range called LaCanche. Oh. and if anyone's interested in that, they can check out a website called FrenchRanges.com. So I went with the owner of that uh, company, and you know we traveled through France and Switzerland and Italy for two weeks, and you know the orders for the e-commerce kept kept flooding in, and the subscriptions kept coming in, so. You know it's enabled me not to have a boss other than than myself yeah that's so awesome. that, that's been the, been really great
0: that's awesome keith uh thank you for for sharing your story now what is the just a couple more questions before uh we finish up what is the most important thing you learned while growing your business something that you wish you had known before you started that you'd like to share with everybody
1: i guess um really understanding that um, having a, a niche business you know focusing on a, on a small topic at least in the subscription sort of business or the membership site you can't have a really wide type of a business you got to focus on something that's small and you're gonna find a community around whatever you do I mean you, you could be interested in you know uh, making pickles and there's going to be a rabid bunch of people interested in making pickles and you can build a subscription site around that but um, focusing on something that's uh, that you're good at and that you're passionate about. You can't do this business if you don't love it because you're just going to fail if, if you don't love doing it because it can be a lot of selfless work for the first few years. Mm-hmm. But um, staying focused on that. And then the, the last thing is you've got to engage with people, you know, on every screen th- that they're, you know, able to view you or interact with you, whether that be Facebook and Twitter and the forums of your website. And then again, remembering that people you know you you have a skill and you have some knowledge that people are interested in, and you know treating them fairly and giving more than than uh you know they pay for and going the extra mile and in my case, you know when you when you kind of get a little bit of you know the whole celebrity chef thing, not being a snob, I mean reaching out to people. Every weekend I answer emails, hey, chef, uh, I'm about to cook a brisket. Should I be doing this or this? And, you know, being able to to spend your time and reach out with these people and and stay connected and and just engage and make friendships, that's really the key, I think, for an online business.
0: Yeah, Keith, man, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I think that's a perfect place uh, to end our interview. Now, if anyone wants to learn more about you, um, I would... Really, be happy if you shared uh, where they can find you, and also I know you have a book too. Where can they get that?
1: Yeah, well, they they definitely can uh, check out um, harvesteating dot com. That's really the the mothership for everything I do. All the uh, recipes and videos are there. We also have a very vibrant uh, YouTube channel, youtube dot com forward slash user forward slash Keith Snow. Uh, we've got over I think we got ten thousand subscribers there, and then Facebook dot com forward slash harvest eating we've got a really nice community going there uh, my cookbook is called the harvest eating cookbook it's over 300 pages so it's a really substantial book wow. if someone wanted it autographed uh, they can get it from harvesteating.com or you know Amazon or Barnes & Noble all the you know major bookstores carry it and then I also wanted to uh, let your listeners know that I've been recording a podcast now um, for about a year. I, I just passed my 50th episode. It's the Harvest Eating Podcast on iTunes, and it's going really, really well, and people are enjoying that. And then we, uh, we're we just about to launch, um, I think it comes out on uh, the, in the middle of August, our Harvest Eating iPhone app, which will lead, enable people to watch our videos and Love get it. our recipes on the fly, as well as learn what's in season in their area. And then uh, at the same time, we're launching a uh, Roku Roku.com is a you know internet TV we're, we're launching a Roku channel harvest eating Roku channel so we're gonna be uh, just about everywhere someone wants to find me
0: yeah well you got a lot of stuff going on but it all sounds fantastic and I wish you and your company Keith the best of luck and I hope to hear bigger and better things uh, and I'm sure I will uh, in the near future so um, thank you for being on the show I'm sure everyone's very inspired by your story and again harvesteating.com. Uh, and and just head on over to the Facebook page or Twitter or whatever. Say hi to Keith Snow over there. So, thanks, well, Keith.
1: Pat. I, I appreciate it, and uh, I really love what you're doing too. You you've got a you've got a great niche there, and and uh, your your podcast rocks, man. I got to get that high PR40 myself.
0: Oh yeah, it, it makes me sound a lot better than I actually do in real life. <laughs> All
1: right, well, Pat, I appreciate it, man.
0: All right, thanks. Keith. Thank you. All right, a big shout out to Keith Snow from harvesteating.com. Keith, thank you so much. If you're listening to this, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Next up, we have Raphael Schulz, who is actually doing business outside of the US. Uh, this is a great story. I'm sure you'll be inspired. Enjoy. This is Pat again, back with another success story. I have Raphael Schulz, who contacted me after I sent a message out on Facebook asking for people who make money online without talking about making money online, uh, as you know, and he really caught my attention because he sent me this message. He said, I quit my job last year, and now I run one of Germany's biggest wedding websites. I will go on a tour around the world for a year, which is only possible because I make money online, and that's awesome. I mean, quitting Uh, a job and now touring around the world and also doing a business in another country, which I know a lot of the listeners for Smart Passive Income are from other countries and are wondering, you know, what it's like to utilize the internet in those other countries. So uh, I'm very happy to introduce Raphael. Raphael, how are you doing today?
2: I'm fine. Thanks. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, Thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Now, I just want to ask you, how did you get to, I mean, where were you before you created Germany's biggest wedding website?
2: Uh, before I did, um, uh, I was studying at the university. It's a cooperative study. That means uh, I'm uh, part-time working and part-time uh, I have to go to university. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, basically it was a lot of studying, a lot of uh, working and it's just... Um, what did yeah, you study? Uh, international business. Okay. That was my study, yes. And um, yeah, this uh, one day my brother decided uh, or, um, or said, okay how about we do a a, a wedding uh, website and we didn't know anything about it and we just decided to start and yeah all took it. off yeah. and uh,
0: <laughs> that's crazy i mean uh what what is the name of your business and and what's the website i know it's a, it's a, it's in german so it's going to be a little bit difficult for people to to uh maybe understand or type in right away but i will have show notes on this particular podcast just so you can click on it but what what is the uh, URL and what's the name of it
2: Okay the name is Hochzeitsportal 24 Okay yeah, uh, I and, would not be able to uh the, and the URL <laughs> is uh, Hochzeitsportal 24de dot uh, de um, basically that means a uh, wedding portal 24 that is the uh, the name of our website Okay
0: now how did you how did it blow? I mean, why do you think it blew up so big? I mean, how did how did you become the w- biggest wedding website without even understanding anything about weddings?
2: Okay, uh, just to make clear, I'm not the biggest. I'm in the top w- five. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> one, one of the biggest,
0: but that's okay. still a great accomplishment. I mean, yeah. I'm sure a lot of us know at least in the U.S. the wedding industry is, is huge, uh, and I'm sure it is in Germany as well. So, uh, please go on.
2: Yeah, um, we started with a website. Um, really, we didn't know anything. And we uh, we had a different domain name and we started learning about SEO and all that stuff. And um, after one year, um, I contacted different uh, owners of uh, wedding websites uh, where I saw that um, they haven't done anything new in the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found this one website and uh, I saw they have pretty good rankings and I would only have to change a few little things uh, to make it uh, better to get better rankings. And so um, I m- I made a deal that I, uh, I bought the website for a pretty small amount of money. And um, yeah, that was basically what re- really helped me because this website was uh, about six, seven years old. It already um, had lots of content. It had uh, a lot of links. So um, I just had tweak it a little bit to make it more SEO friendly and Mm -hmm. um, to to change the design so that it's more um, a a little more a modern design Yeah.
0: okay so it it was an existing site that you purchased and you saw that there was an opportunity just to take it to the next level obviously the people who were who owned that site weren't doing anything with it Uh, and you said you made it more SEO friendly you changed the design uh, and did you see results right away after you made those changes
2: Uh, no it took me quite a while. Um, In the beginning, um, there were about 80 or 90 visitors per day. Mm -hmm. And um, last year, it went up to uh, uh, 200, 500, something like that. And then all of a sudden, there was one big keyword that I'm uh, ranking number one. Uh, and that just got me to two thousand, three thousand, uh, and actually this year I'm up to about six thousand visitors uh, per day. Per day, wow! Yeah,
0: and oh, it, from eighty to ninety day to yeah. six thousand, wow!
2: And it was basically it was all, um, it came in in boosts. It was not um, steadily growing, but it was uh, going from two hundred to one thousand, and from one thousand to three, and then from three to six, and um, really like like steps
0: right and that's because of the rankings in 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 the search engines is that right yes yes so for those of you listening out there you know uh i always talk about you know how important it is to uh do things other than seo because i i'm a big proponent on on great content and building relationships and stuff but obviously seo is important case in point this wedding website and and how dramatic That can affect your traffic. Now, as far as monetization on your site, how exactly are you making money from your site?
2: Okay. The uh, right now, I have two, uh, basically three different strategies. Okay. Um, uh, At the moment, the biggest uh, part is advertising. I have a a media partner. Um, It's uh, they're called Glamedia, Mm -hmm. and they. They look for big companies to um, to publish advertising on my website, and uh, that brings in uh, a lot of money because companies uh, like Mercedes, uh, for example, they they pay a lot of money for advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, display advertising, and um, if if I don't have any display advertising booked, then um, the website shows AdSense. Mm-hmm. Um, th- So display advertising in AdSense, that's one strategy. The second uh, monetization strategy is um, it's a directory, uh, which we just uh, started in February this year. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're in Germany and you want to get married, um, then yeah, you can find all the different uh, service providers for the wedding uh, on our website. And the businesses, they pay me a monthly fee to... um, yeah to promote their business uh, on on our website. Okay. And the third part um, which I just started in the last few months is uh, affiliate marketing that I promote products uh, that I think that are uh, good and that can actually help the people to to plan their wedding better or um, maybe if somebody wants to buy a, a wedding dress online, um, I just give them the links where they can buy that.
0: All right, wow, that's that's great. So you obviously have some good strategies first one you said was advertising so you have a media partner on board that goes and finds advertisers for you that's great number two you have the vendor listing which is something that i'm starting to get familiar with on i have the security guard website and i had been trying to uh to, to do a similar model so i'm, I'm going to be very interested in going to your site and checking to see how that works and then affiliate marketing and now what would you say is your uh you said the top thing right now would be the advertising route is that correct
2: yeah, until now, that is uh, still the biggest part because I have a lot of visitors on the website. So um, that gives me a lot of money without me having to do a lot. Right. Uh, but I think the the money really is in um, in the directory. And that's also where there's the, the biggest um, gain for my users because it's really hard to find a good wedding location. So um, I think this is a part that I really want to focus on in the next few uh Months.
0: great great now now, I want to ask you about uh, you know doing a business online in another country obviously you're doing really successful i I get a lot of people who are from other countries including Germany I, uh, like Poland um, everywhere asking me you know should I do a business in the US because that's where all the money is and uh, what how would you uh, respond to people from other countries other than the US who say, you know, there's a limited amount of income that can be made by going in my own home country?
2: Uh, I mean, if you're, if you're in a really, really small country, then uh, maybe it makes sense to have an English website with a larger audience. But most countries here in Europe, uh, either if it's Germany or Poland, it's a huge market. And if you if you don't want to make 20, 30 millions a month, um, it's enough for, for everyone to... Um, if you look for your niche, um, there's enough for you to make a living in your home country. And it's your home country. That's You You know that. You know how the people uh, think and you know what the people want. So you can give them a lot more um, information and, and they benefit mm-hmm. because you know what you're talking about. Um, from, for example, a wedding in the US is totally different uh, than uh, a wedding in Germany.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. The, I, I'm glad you said that. And uh, I know from experience that it doesn't really even take uh, that many people to support a business and really change your life with it. My lead exam website, for example, that's a really tiny niche. Not, any, not very many people know about the lead exam. And I, I created a study guide for that. And I was making six figures in the first year. Uh, you don't really need that many people as long as you can find a group of people specialize in something and become the expert or the authority uh, like like you guys are doing on your, on your wedding website uh, that then if you're providing great information then the reward, rewards will come back to you. Uh, now great. Now uh, a few quick questions before we finish up. This is uh, really inspiring stuff. Uh, thank you for sharing. Now what is the, what, what would you feel is the best part about doing your business uh, the way you're doing it online?
2: The best part for me is I can I can uh, do whatever I want on, on during my day. I can uh, work in the morning. I can work in the evening. Um, I can go swimming during the day if I want to because I can work on my business uh, in the evening or even at night if I want to. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm, I'm mobile. I can go wherever I want. And um, like you said in the beginning, in November, I will leave um, with my wife for a trip around the world. If I would have... Uh, a nine to five job, I could not do that because the money stops coming in if you yeah. have a nine to five job. so uh, that's that's for me that's one of the big advantages um, of doing business online.
0: Excellent, Very well said, and I think that's uh, a lot a lot of people's feelings on what the advantages of doing business online, not necessarily just stepping away from your business forever, but just having the ability and the flexibility to do business wherever you want when you want. Um, which is which is great. Now, on the flip side, what would you feel is the worst part about doing business online?
2: Uh, the worst part is that you always know you could do so much better, there's such a huge audience, you could do so much more, and so, um, you always want to do more. And um, if you have a nine to five job, if it's five, you, you're you done. Can just, you're done, and you leave. And uh, if you have an online business, uh, you know there's a huge, huge audience, and um, you can just—you could work forever. Yeah. If, yeah. So that is um, one of the disadvantages. You have to know when there is a, a good point to just okay, say, "Okay, that's that's enough for today." And, right. Uh,
0: right. Now, how do you how do you get over that? I know I've had issues with that in the past as well. Just. You know, my office door is in my house and I can just always add more to my business. It's hard to stop. How do you cut off work for the day and start to enjoy life?
2: Usually, uh, my wife, she still has a 9 to 5 job. So when she comes home uh, at 5, 5.30, mm-hmm. that's most of the time that's when I just stop working and we have dinner and then we do something else. So I nice. don't work after that.
0: Very cool. Now, the last question I want to ask you, uh, which is a question for all the listeners out there, what is the kind of what is something that you learned uh, during your journey of building your online business that you wish you had known before? Some tips or uh, something that you wish you had known that can help the listeners out there when they're trying to start their own online business.
2: Um, I wish um, I would have known that it's important to look at other people who uh, who are already successful. And not just look at what they're doing, but actually try to do the same or, or um, copy their methods. Methods, uh, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Because I I know a lot of things and I, 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 I've i seen so many successful people and I thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. And that's working for them, but I'm going to do it my way. And I had to find out that there's a reason why all the successful people do the same things. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish I would have known that beforehand. <laughs>
0: Right. That's, that's a great point. You know, not necessarily creating something entirely brand new and revolutionary. You don't need to do that as long as you look at other people who are successful, see what they're doing correctly, and kind of borrow those methods and strategies, not, you know, copying them verbatim or, or stealing things. No, that's, I, I'm sure that's not what you mean. Um, yeah. But, you know, getting inspired by them, using the same tactics. Uh, and you're right. Uh, you know That's how I started to. I saw what other people were doing and I tried to do the same thing, but then put my own voice, my own twist onto it, my own unique spin so that you can still stand out from the crowd. So Raphael, thank you so much for your inspiring story. I wish you and your website the best of luck. Uh, you're already there, but I wish you uh, even more success. Enjoy your trip around the world with your wife in November. And if you could just one more time, uh, I know it's going to be hard for people to write down but again i'll have show notes uh with links to all the websites here in this podcast episode can you mention your business name one more time and your url and maybe if you have a twitter or facebook something you can uh where people can just say hi and and thank you
2: okay um my website is uh hochzeitsportal24.de that's the the wedding website and um if you want to find me the best way to contact me is uh i have a small blog it's uh 4hours1000places.com um so that's the numbers are written out okay. um so um yeah if you want to contact me that's uh, probably the best way um and that's also where i write a little bit about my my journey in
0: awesome. the world Awesome. I'm sure people would love to hear more uh, from you. So, again, I'll have links on the show notes there. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day, Raphael. And I hope we can uh, talk again soon.
2: Okay. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye. All right. Special thanks to Raphael for coming on and sharing his story with us. I'm not even going to attempt to say the URL of his wedding website so I will have the links on the show notes per usual. So if you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session24, you will see those links there as well as links for everything else mentioned in this particular session. smartpassiveincome.com slash 24. And last up, we have Daniel Himmel with a great story, millions of dollars involved, quit his corporate job to do online business. This is a good one. Please enjoy. All right, everybody, what's up? I'm on the line with another fantastic interview. I'm here with Daniel Himmel from Endurance Nation uh, and Marathon Nation, and this is a fantastic story, and I'm going to let him tell the bulk of it, but uh, there, I know there are a lot of you out there who were wondering if there were any people who left well-paying corporate jobs to do business online, and this is one of them, so I'm going to let Daniel take over. First, Dan, I just want to thank you. Uh, welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Sure, thank you so what I mean start from the beginning? where did you start? you know you said you had this corporate job and then you left it and to, and then to do what so kind of just give us the the breakdown uh and, and of how things went
3: uh sure it's a great story i used to uh, I worked at a uh the world's largest cosmetic company I, I held a high position there
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, six figure salary the whole nine yards um, uh, during you know during the end of this thing, just like a lot of people I, I was becoming a uh, really unhappy with just the corporate environment, all the, all the shenanigans that kind of go on every day. I had eight hours of meetings, and I was still supposed to be productive for another eight hours of pr- production time. So, right. um, uh, just like most people, I was already kind of wishing I was out. Uh, during that time, I was uh, I decided to train for an Ironman uh, triathlon.
0: Nice. Uh, when
3: you when you train for an Ironman, there's usually a, th- a few different ways you can train. You can go out and purchase a plan on the internet from a coach. And they charge you three hundred dollars, or you can get uh, personal, personal uh, one-on-one coaching locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and purchased a plan uh, from a coach uh, on the on the east coast uh, named Patrick McCran. Um, when I joined and uh, purchased that plan, he had a um, he had a site. You buy this PDF from him. He had a site, and, and you guys can go there and get supported through a forum and things like that. And he was also teamed up with a another coach on the west on the west coach uh, named Rich Strauss so they already had this uh, small business going selling these uh, training plans. They were both uh, becoming pretty successful in their in their own rights, leaving mm-hmm. uh, corporate America uh, and becoming full-time triathlon coaches uh, during this time talking back and forth with them, I, I noticed um, they were pretty vocal about some technical trouble uh, that they were having so mm-hmm. I, I I approached them. We came up with a kind of a partnership deal, and we we took their existing um, the existing team of maybe about two hundred people on the team paying uh, a monthly percentage, a monthly fee of maybe I think back then they were paying ten dollars a month. We took that and developed a whole platform uh, where people get coached inside this community. It's almost like a private Facebook. Uh, you you sign in, you get your. You're training for the day, you talk to your teammates, you uh, do lots and lots of cool things. We built this whole platform had people sign on. Because of the new value they were adding, uh, they raised the price to about $100 a month. And mm-hmm. over the last three years, that's grown from 200 people to, there's about 850, 850 people paying. Wow. Uh, and actually, the, the price has just recently raised to $129 a month. So, But on average, there's about 850 people paying uh, $99 a month. Uh, me and Patrick from the from the, from the East Coast. I'm a, I'm in Texas, by the way. We built this whole uh, this whole business uh, using Skype, which is kind of a, another great story, and um, should provide some inf- inspiration because you can't you can you can go out there and partner with people. You don't have to be right next door to them. You, you can meet these people online and
0: right, just like we're talking right now.
3: Exactly. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's really pretty funny. So me and uh, Coach Patrick, we we decided to take our learnings from endurance nation and we built marathon nation Um, we opened that up in in 2010 in april of 2010 Uh, we actually met in austin the very first time they had been writing me uh, checks for a couple years and i had never met either one of the coaches face to face so we met up in austin for the very first time uh at south by Mm -hmm. and we in a hotel lobby we built marathon nation and we launched it a, a month later the Marathon Nation is, is the same kind of aspect. It's kind of a private Facebook training uh, for uh, people trying to complete their marathons, get faster at marathons. That one is cheaper. It's about thirty dollars a month, and we grew that from from no members from scratch to we have about three hundred and fifty members now. Plus, we train about another 100, um, 100 members for free if they are training for certain charities.
0: Okay, awesome.
3: So, those are t- the two businesses that we that we are part of
0: so that's endurance nation.com that was the first thing it's endurance
3: nation.us us US, okay and marathon nation.us is our second one
0: okay great and and when did you that when did you personally uh quit your job at uh, yeah i left
3: i left my job uh in june of last year so it's been a little over a year since i've uh, worked full-time for for okay
0: so Here's a question that I'm sure a lot of people are wondering. How did you get all this stuff done with EnduranceNation.us and MarathonNation.us while you had your corporate job? You said that you know, you're know you doing eight hours plus a day. How did you find that extra time? What gave you the motivation to do that? How did you know that this was going to be successful and that was worth your time? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question.
3: Uh, one of the ways is I'm, I'm just like you. I'm super, super productive. I'm, I'm really good at batching my work. I, I, I don't once I got my head down, I could really do a lot of things really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also operate. I, we do a lot of things under the principle of good enough. We don't aim for perfection, but we execute fast and we just get things out there. So it right. didn't take much time as a lot of people think. You know there's no we didn't sit down and write business plans and stuff like that. We sat down in a hotel lobby and built a company. and yeah. we just we just got it out there. So as far as extra time, I, I gained a lot of extra time from being super productive, um, like you mentioned. Uh, virtual assistants helped me out a lot on some of my other stuff, and a lot of it was just that kind of the 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 crush it attitude, the hustle attitude. So I would come home, and uh, I knew it was worth it. I would come home and and start working on uh, my side gigs, which eventually turned into my uh, real gig.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I think I mean those four things you mentioned are things that I apply in my life too, in my business, which has has really helped me. And I think you summed it up perfectly. That's exactly how someone who does have a corporate job or who does work nine to five should do it, you know, uh, starting from the from the first thing you mentioned is really batching your work, working on being product productive because when you're working nine to five, you probably don't have as much time as you'd like. So you better maximize your efforts and productivity when you do actually work. Uh, so that, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Number two, doing things good enough and not perfection. That's huge, too. And that's something that I learned. And I struggled with in the beginning of my business is I tried to make everything perfect and nothing is perfect and you know it, it really holds you back sometimes and you can you can as long as you put things out there that provide the information that people want and they're happy with it you don't have to be perfect you can work on being perfect after you launch those things for example and and, improve and, and what happens is if you have like a membership site, like you guys, for example, if it's good enough and people are happy with it, and then you start to perfect it, people in there are going to be even more happy. They're going to stick around, and that's uh, th- that's something that I've noticed in, in a lot of other people's businesses as well. Number three, you talked about VAs, something that I've been getting very familiar with lately. Super helpful. That's a basically a great way to clone yourself uh, and do work that you don't have time to do, which is perfect for someone nine to five. And number four, I think is is probably the most important thing. It's just that h- hustle attitude like you were talking about. Really, if you want something, you're going to do what it takes to make it happen. So thank you uh, for summing that up uh, nicely uh, like you did. I mean, how how did it, w- was it hard for you to leave your job? Uh, I mean, w- were you ever wor- worried about that or did you just know that this was going to uh, Yeah. Or- yeah.
3: I was totally worried and so was my wife I have a super supportive wife, and she's uh for the most part uh, supported me through all this but I was making a lot of money there and by the time I was decided to quit, I was making a lot of money with um with these with endurance nation and and even marathon nation and when you have um a lot of money for my corporate job and a lot of money for my side gigs that was i was i had to turn down I was essentially cutting off yeah yeah you know a hundred thousand dollars a year hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year um
0: or was it sure. worth it to you? Do you feel
3: it was totally worth it? Because now I, 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 I couldn't imagine. And I was thinking about this last night. Last night I was really, really tired, and I couldn't imagine waking up in the morning and going to work. Now it's just not part of how I operate anymore. I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine thinking, "Oh man, tomorrow's Monday. I have to go into work. I right. still have work to do." But I know, hey, I, I could I uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna knock something out for three hours and then I'm done for the rest of the day. So uh, just like you know, I've heard you discuss it on your podcast where I have a a pretty. Pretty good schedule and and basically now i just have to work um half the time so it's, it's a trade-off of time and money but i make enough money now but i have more time and freedom than than anything and that's really what i was going after was the, the the freedom and and not being hassled so much by co-workers and bosses and that whole bureaucracy that you get at right coworkers. i have i have none of that right now so
0: yeah when i was working down at five you know i didn't even realize all the those things you know i i liked my nine to five but when i quit or when i got laid off excuse me uh and now i see what i'm doing now i don't i don't think i could ever go back i love working for myself and making you know the the executive decisions in my business and, and having that flexible schedule uh just well, like, and it's
3: really cool that you get to at, at a corporate job if you hustle more usually you're not going to make any more like if i stay up late or for if i go into like kind of just crush it mode and i put out some new feature or something like that mm-hmm. on, on our products or develop something on the side, like an affiliate program or something like that. If I work hard for a month and put that out there, I immediately get paid for that it's, instead of just being told by a boss to do that. And it's just still part of your salary.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I've uh, talked about that with a lot of people before in mastermind groups that I've been in, you know, it's like, you can work harder than the next person and you would be both be getting paid the same uh so i mean w- really what's the motivation there right uh, it's 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 kind of a weird thing how, how... well and
3: the opposite is you could work a lot <laughs> you could decide to work a lot less than the next person over and yeah you're Still are getting paid the same and you have to work with those guys and usually you have to pick up the slack
0: mm-hmm. or if you're
3: managing them you have to manage those people so it's it's so, just a broken system
0: right right so what is this done for for your lifestyle i mean uh obviously it's not uh Entirely passive income because you're still working on the technical side of things. But uh, what is it? How has it changed your life switching from the corporate world to the online business world?
3: Uh, at first, there was, there there's, you know, I've seen some articles written about it. There's some bipolar things. Someday I'd be on top of the world. Some days I'd be kind of low because um, you get, I, I I get scared of longevity sometimes. Like, well, what, you know, is this going to last another five years? I could have stayed at, at, at my company forever. Mm hmm. It's gonna last more than five years. What am I gonna do? So I have a lot of uh, fears, up and downs like that. Uh, especially maybe the first three months. Uh, that kind of tailored off. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's 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 a wonderful thing. What it, what it's done the most, it, I guess I'm, I'm like the envy of a lot of my friends because they're off going to work uh, while I'm staying home um, through automation and 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 through virtual assistants and things like that. Um, right. It has become, at some points, pretty passive. I work uh, very few hours every day, and um, it's just completely changed my life. I'm close. I I have four kids actually, so uh, uh, I never have to miss anything for them at school. Before, I would have to kind of pick and choose what little school program I would go to. Now, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't miss anything. My son was just in a um, little league World Series or something like that over the summer. They had Gainland. They had three games every day, and I heard a lot of parents complaining. Oh, I had to take off a week of work. You yeah. know, I didn't have to do anything. I just I could do anything I want as long as I manage. As long as I know what I need to do tomorrow, and I and I can manage around that. So it's it's an incredible thing. You know? Right.
0: And um, how about how how about as far as I know, you got into this by doing the Ironman training. Did you did you are you still working on that? Did you complete one or I mean, how yeah, did...
3: I did. I did uh, Ironman I did Iron Man in Florida and and Ironman Cozumel.
0: Nice, congratulations! That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, I would love to do a uh, triathlon sometime. I don't know if I could ever do an Iron Man, but uh... when
3: you're when you're ready, uh, <laughs> talk to me.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. I will. So
3: fact just, just he, um, he just became he got fifth place overall in this you know big one up in Lake Placid, so he'll be going to uh, the
0: Iron Man Championships in Honolulu. Oh, wow, in that's so Sorry. crazy! Yeah, uh, he's the monster. That's pretty crazy. So, uh, as far as. Um, you know, Marathon Nation. I want to talk about Marathon Marathon Nation really quick because this was something that you and Coach Patrick started from scratch. Right. Uh, how did you get, you know, 350 members to to sign up? I mean, what what's your kind of uh, marketing plan? How did you go out and get new members? And, and uh, you know, it seems like it's it's doing really well. And that started what last year in April? You said, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. 350 members at 30 bucks a month. From scratch I mean obviously you had people in endurance nation already but I, I don't think I mean just from my point of view I don't know if you could you know have one person buy both products so you'd have to find a whole new different audience how did how did you guys how did you guys get so successful with that
3: oh uh, that's a good question and uh, it has to do part of it is we are coach Patrick already had some reach so uh, mm-hmm. just, like, um, just like you are now, it, when you open up one of your new programs, you have some reach. So you have people wanting to buy stuff from you already. Uh, Coach Patrick is a uh, pretty big name in the space. So he had, some, he had some reach, so he was able to guest post at, at certain, pla- certain places or write articles. Um, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I was for- going to ask, how did he get that reach? So I guess guest posting and just, just putting his name out there is He's awesome.
3: He's a, he, hustle, he's, he's, he hustles, so he So he re- and he writes very well. He writes very fast. So he he's he's published all over the place. So he had some existing reach. Um, hit social media very very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Created lots of Twitter buzz. And then um, we did a, a pretty. If anybody's familiar uh, with the internet marketing space, we did a pretty typical launch uh, plan where we we got people to sign up for a wait list by uh, downloading the ebook. So they we told them something very exciting is happening. We're opening up this place. If you like Coach P's style you know, sign up for this wait list. We're going to open up on uh, marathon Monday, which is the day that Boston marathon opens up.
0: Marathon Monday. Nice. Yeah. So we, uh, um, we started
3: this wait list of people to waiting to get in the door. And then we told them how much it's going to cost. And people were still signing up for this wait list. Um, and we just kept on dating them, uh, through, uh, email marketing,
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, tell them, Hey, you're going to be a charter member. You're going to get a discount. You'll get a free t-shirt, you know, typical launch stuff. And then, uh, once the waiting li- the wait list got, um, a certain size, we opened the, open the door um, we open the door on Marathon Monday. And I think the first day we had, I think 90 people, 120 people sh- uh, signed up the first day. Because what's interesting about this, and people think we're crazy, is we opened it up for only 26 hours, mm-hmm. um, and then we shut it down again. So we had 120 people sign up the first day. We shut it down. We worked out some kinks in the system itself because the, the platform itself is pretty tricked up. It's a, it's a really nice place to train. Mm. So we shut it down. Uh, uh, we worked out some kinks. And then once inside the community, uh, Coach P really, he's the face of it. He's a great marathoner. I'm more of a back-of-the-pack, uh, bucket list type of athlete.
0: Yeah, but- and I, I apologize that he wasn't uh, able to come on today. Maybe next time we'll, we'll have both you guys on to talk more about your story because uh, these are kind of more shorter Inspirational interviews, and this has been super inspirational so far. But uh, I'd love to get you guys back on in the future to just talk a little bit more in detail because this membership thing that you guys are doing the platform and uh, just the way you're running your internet business, like people do in the internet marketing uh, niche, in a in a niche is totally a different. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's working really well.
3: Right. We still use all those internet marketing strategies. You know, some of the, uh, some of them I, I learned, you know, from you, uh, frankly. We still use all those things, but we're just not pitching another. We're not pitching how to make money online, we're right. training people to run marathons. So, um, uh,
0: okay, so you had this, exciting. you you had this, uh, you opened it up for 26 hours, yeah, because there's 26 miles in marathon, right? That's yeah, pretty I cool, that. I like that. Uh, and uh, that's great too, to, you know, closing it down. I've, I've seen other people do this, like Corbett Bar and it with his program in traffic school, you know, closing it off which makes people who get in feel very special. And what you could do is you could work with them to tweak things, make sure the system's okay so that when you do open it back up, there's going to be hungry people that are waiting to get in. Yeah, Um, we
3: immediately started the waitlist thing again, and people took us seriously. Because most people, when they first say, oh, he's not really going to close it down, he's not really going to raise the price. And yes, we did close it down, and yes, we did raise the price.
0: Yeah, and you have to be honest about when you close it down and and raising the price because then it kind of just uh, compromises your validity if you don't. Exactly. Yeah.
3: So our, our wait list immediately started growing again, and, and a month later, we opened up uh, for good. Uh, so we opened up um, in May, I guess, uh, to where anybody could show up any day and, and sign up, and we've been running that way ever since. Uh, Endurance Nation does a, a, something that's pretty crazy where they close they close that membership uh, in the early spring uh, for two or three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and people just start piling up at the doors and that builds a need. It mm-hmm. also makes people, just like you said, it makes people inside the house or on the team feel special. It also keeps the, uh, since we're a community, it keeps some of the newbie questions down because, right. uh, the people are kind of heads down. They're ready to train for their triathlons and, uh, it cuts down a lot of the noise. People stay focused and then they uh, the coaches open up the gates again, um, about now in the summer.
0: That's great. So just running some numbers here, you said you launched Marathon Nation, Open for 26 hours, you had about 120 people come in at $30 a month. That's $3,600 a month in, you know, in residual passive income uh, from just those initial 160 people in the first 26 hours, right? Uh, and then now you said you had about 350. I'm on my little calculator here, so uh, that's over $10,000 a month in passive income, residual income from Marathon Nation, which is your smaller price, smaller amount of members compared right. to Endurance Nation. So everyone else that can do the math there for endurance nation but that's that's amazing i mean this is this is like a million dollar company
3: yeah it's going to make a million dollars this year
0: that's amazing well congratulations daniel and and uh if if patrick coach patrick you're listening to this in the future uh you know sorry you were not today but congratulations to you as well and i'm just very happy for you guys and this has been super inspirational and it's it's really Great to hear a story from someone coming from corporate world, uh, you know, with a little bit of that anxiety that we all kind of feel, uh, you know, making making a switch in our lives and, and really crushing it and, and hustling and doing some awesome work and really changing people's lives and giving value to the Internet and everyone else who signs up for community. So uh, congratulations, Daniel, once again, if there's a place where people can go to, like, a, a, you know, feel free to drop in a couple of websites, a Twitter or Facebook or something uh, right now so they can uh, come and say hi.
3: Oh, sure. Just uh, drop by, uh, look for me on Twitter. That's the best place to get a hold of me. So I'm just at Daniel Himmel. Okay. You'll find
0: me. Okay. So uh, twitter.com slash Daniel Himmel, H-I-M-E-L, yeah. and endurancenation.us and marathonnation.us. Uh, so th- thanks again, Daniel. Before I leave, do you have any quick tips for anyone who is in the corporate world uh, who who you know wants to leave? Just uh, words of wisdom based on your experience
3: yeah, I think that I think the transition, um, I think the transition is is a good play. Uh, hustle at night. Uh, especially if a good way to think about it is if, if a corporation is is paying you money to do something, I guarantee you there's people out there that will pay you money to do something where you get to keep the bulk load of it. Mm-hmm. so so whatever you're doing for corporate America, I can guarantee you, you could start building a side business doing the same thing. And that may not be something that you love right now. But at least your first step is, hey, I I am no longer working for somebody else. At least now I have a job working for me. And once you have the job working for you, you, now you have this flexibility to really kind of go and tweak it out and then end up in a place exactly where you want to be. So that one stepping stone of just separating yourself from corporate America and still doing the same thing but all the money is yours and your time is a little bit more flexible but you still have a job, that's an important step. And then once you're there, uh, tweak it out and, and get it to meet. Uh, wherever you want to be, if you want to change career fields, that that's the time to do it uh, once you've separated yourself from corporate America.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk again soon.
3: No problem. See you back.
0: Right. Bye. All right. A special thank you to Daniel as well as Keith and Raphael for sharing their stories with us today. Great, great stuff. In the next session, we have three more success stories from people in three completely different niches, so look out for that. Again, you can check out the show notes at smartpassiveincome.com slash session25. And I'm going to leave it at that. So have a great day. Thank you for listening. And as always, thank you for your undying support. This podcast, the blog, and my life really wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you so much. And I wish you all the best. Take care. Bye.